Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Scratch, the show where we let real stories out. The following is a legacy episode, back when the show used to be called Tuesdays at 2 from 2019. Congratulations if you've listened to all 12 of our prequel episodes. You're caught up. This is the very last one. And after that, you'll be privy to all of the new ones that are coming out and some great stories that are going to be on the way starting January 14th. Like I just said, this is the last Legacy episode. This is episode 12. It initially aired live on December 17th, 2019, right before Christmas break with Josh Smith of Community Education. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tuesdays at 2. We're excited to be back with you this week at Monster Wave Audio Studio, uh, talking um, with another great member of our community, leader, somebody who um, is involved in a fantastic organization. We're going to talk a little bit further about that as we uh, dive in today, but stay tuned for an episode of Tuesdays at 2. everybody. Like I said, welcome to Tuesdays at 2, a show where we get to talk to people from the community. From the community today, I've brought in Josh Smith. Josh, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. We've tried to get you here for a little bit. Yes. Uh, it's been a little crazy here in the past few months. So. No, I, I imagine there's a lot of stuff that you all uh, do at Community Ed from... Um, if I'm an outsider, if I'm somebody in the community who's not, uh, may have heard of community education yep. but doesn't know what you do, kind of broad brush, and then we might dive down. What um, What is it that you all do with community education? So our real mission is to be a partner in lifelong learning. So how we live that out and what that looks like here in Bowling Green, Warren County, uh, we do before and after school programs, which include summer programs, all day programs, things like that. We do adult enrichment classes. But then we work with volunteers and recognizing them with our Volunteers in Action group. To, we also do community events like Stand for Children Day, Blockbusters at the Ballpark, which is our fundraiser. And then Teen Angel really has become, in the last 10 years, one of our big programs as well of helping teens at Christmas, but also throughout the school year as well. So. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd heard a little bit about Teen Angel for those mm-hmm. out there who um, may not be familiar um, what exactly is Teen Angel and, and what is the, the mission of, of that particular thing that yeah. you all do? Uh, so it really is a Christmas assistance program for teens here in Bowling Green, Warren County. And so we created the program in 2010 to meet the needs um, of the community, which has been the which is the bigger mission of community education. And so whenever this need came up, we got community involvement and other leaders um, together to figure out how can we provide Christmas assistance for teens in our area and Teen Angel was created in 2010 and so for 10 years we have really been focused on that and now we're even kind of looking at how can we help teens in emergency situations throughout the school year as well Um, and so with the you know we have great friends over at Crocker Law Firm which have, have been meeting and matching our donations that we do at our donation blast That's fantastic year. and so this year was a record year so we raised ten thousand dollars from the community that day in ten hours ten thousand so a th- you yes. raised a thousand dollars an hour yes basically that's awesome and that's really so really cool <clears throat> crocker law firm cindy crocker and them they matched all ten thousand that we raised that day wow 
So we brought in $26,000 this year for teens for Christmas, so we will use it now, of course. Um, and then we will, throughout the year, help teens who are in emergency situations as well. So, Gotcha. It sounds like more than just providing educational opportunities for the community, you're also, um, in a way, a service organization and providing other opportunities to give back. So that's Absolutely. really cool and to so, see. Yeah, and community ed really across the state has been formed for that reason and meeting the needs of the community. So we really try to focus on our Bowling Green Warren County area and figuring out what exactly the community needs and how can we best provide that and so even with our school age programs that we do at community ed we've added snow day programs because doctors hospitals emergency services still have to go to work even in those situations so we were like how can we best provide a program that day even though school's out parents still have to go to work mm -hmm. so how can we even if it's a small portion how can we help in that area and so that's a couple of years ago, we created our snow day programs for that reason. So, gotcha. That's awesome. So it's always trying to look at our community and figuring out the needs, and as it changes, how can we best change and meet those needs as well? So, gotcha. You can do me one favor and just kind of there's a, a knob on the back of the mic right there, and you'll just above it, and then I'll just turn it toward turn it that way. There you go, a little bit higher. There you go, perfect. Okay. There we go. That looks good. Awesome. I was just trying to <laughs> trying to make sure everybody can hear you as clearly as possible out there. So it's a the airwaves are large, so we have to shout loud. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm one that is very soft spoken, so I apologize. No, it's 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 all good. It's a it's a good attribute. I feel like there are a lot of people, especially in today's day and age, social media culture, who get out there and just like scream about who they are. Um, so there's a um, there's merit to being soft-spoken and being resolute in the way you talk. Well, thank so. you. Uh, <laughs> but For us, it's not really about just what we do, but, I mean, we always try to partner and uh, work with other agencies and programs as well and not making it just about us and what we do. So that's one of the th attributes of Community Ed is really reaching across every line and partnering together. Mm -hmm. That way it's not just about us, but it's making the whole community stronger. And it's better. a good way to be in, in Bowling Green as well, considering how many nonprofit organizations there are and how Absolutely. many ways that people in this community um, find reason um, and structure, structurable ways to give back. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's been the thing, too, is um, our community has really done that over the years. Since the 70s, we had the Alive Center at that time that was created. and. We still have the Vision uh, Multi-Agency Council, and that's still up and running today, and it really does connect us all together so that if there's a need out there, if we can't meet that, who can? And so we're able to share ideas, we're able to share programs, but then we're also able to work together. So if someone gets a donation in, and if your organizations can't use it all, then we're able to share that with other organizations within the community. And if someone calls us and we may not be able to help them, we know exactly who to turn to. Um, we can give them a point person, a phone number, and everything and be able to give that person over to someone else and know exactly that they're going to be taken care of. So That's awesome. It's been a really strong attribute for our community as well. Mm -hmm. I want to learn a little bit more about you personally, I guess. Are you... Are you... <laughs> Let's go. We can do this. I love your first response. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, uh, so, um, are you are you native to Bowling Green? I'm not. You're not. So, mm -hmm. 
tell us a little bit how you found your way here and then how you found your way into community education. Give us a little bit more insight into the Josh Smith experience. The story is a little convoluted, but I came to Bowling Green for school. So I came from Russell County um, over Russell Springs, Jamestown area like Cumberland and came to school here at Western in 2000 and graduated in 2004. Um, Got a degree in accounting, which I have still yet to use. Um, the years later and then um, (laughs) but my time at Western was great Um, I loved it and loved Bowling Green and at that time about my senior year I actually was going to attend Asbury Theological Seminary to get a master's in pastoral counseling Um, no I wanted to work in ministry that's always been kind of there in my life and so went to school for pastoral counseling but always knew I was coming back to Bowling Green um so when I graduated in 07, came right back to Bowling Green. Um, and really, community education was my job then. Um, didn't really know about community education before then. Um, just happened to find it that they were looking uh, for someone when I was getting ready to move here and applied and got the job in 07. And so that's awesome. I started out as client services rep, just answering the phones and uh, welcoming people to community ed. and. Um, had moved into the enrichment, um, our enrichment position um, director uh, for the adult enrichment classes and then um, left for a couple of years and then came back. And so currently I'm serving as the volunteer and outreach coordinator for community education. So kind of that piece of going out to the community, working with other groups, but also um, helping plan our blockbusters, staying for children day and working really closely, of course, with Teen Angel and Volunteers in Action. So, mm-hmm. What was it like to, because you said you started in 07, what mm-hmm. was it like to um, ha- to see this organization grow and evolve and then also kind of rise through the ranks, so to speak? I feel like a lot of the people that I've had the opportunity to interview here in Bowling Green, um, there's a lot of job mobility because there's so much available mm-hmm. and this is a thriving area. So there's definitely something to be said about growing and, you know, being part of an organization over an extended period of time. So I guess what have, what have you seen out of community education that has kept you there mm-hmm. and then also allowed you um, opportunities to, to grow into new roles from where yeah. you started? So when I came, I really just wanted a job. But once I got there in 07, it was really learning that you get in touch and especially working with an organization that is doing so much in the community and it just really hit me as to who I am as a person as well that we are trying to meet the need the needs of the community and being able to do that through our programs um, that's what really stuck with me initially and the thing that really has kept me coming back is just the work that we do and it's not just the work we do but it's also the people that I work with Um, my other Um, The other staff members and our executive director at Community Education over the years, they've just been really great people. And so they've really spurred me as well to um, really not to be about me, but more about, okay, how can we best work in the community? How can we best be a partner? And how can we be a resource for other people within the community as well? And it's something that I always wanted to help people growing up that was always kind of my life's mission was to help people so even when I went to school for masters in pastoral counseling I wound up in student ministry as well Hmm. and so even I started that kind of in 07 as well so these so community education and this whole student ministry gig really together has um, 
let me live out my life's purpose in a way I, I would, hadn't even really thought about when I was looking at. In a lot of ways, people from the outside wouldn't career. realize, like they wouldn't realize that there are these opportunities within an organization um, that's very, you know, service driven and mm -hmm. very, you know, community oriented to learn about so many other things in and around that and outside of that. Like you said, even stretching towards um, some of the uh, theological things and some mm -hmm. of the stuff that you had you had studied at Asbury. And so, yeah, this whole service thing has really, um, I think is what really has kept me at Community Ed because you work with so many great people. And especially with Teen Angel, we work with our family resource and youth service center coordinators at the schools. And I mean, they're on the front lines of, you know, trying to help students alleviate any barriers to education. So it could be clothing, it could be, you know, rent, electricity, any of those needs. And for us to be able to kind of help that in a way with Teen Angel has been really wonderful. And even seeing Teen Angel see the creation of that at Community Ed and then see it now 10 years later, seeing where we started from when there wasn't a Teen Angel program and now where we're submitted into the community, people look for us and recognize us and we're still growing strong. Um, that has been really powerful over my 12 years that I've been at Community Ed of really seeing a program like that just from the creation from the ground up and then seeing it actually build up to what it is today. That's awesome. And being able to, that's that's just so rewarding to be Absolutely. able to be able to do that. So I've pulled up while while we were talking, I pulled up our uh, Stanford Children's Day highlight. Yes. So, um, would love to share uh, with the audience Absolutely. out there kind of what what that event looks like, kind of what um, what's expected out of that. Mm -hmm. So we will pull that up and toss over to it if we can. Want to load here for a second? So this was our twenty second annual Stanford Children's Day. There we go. Looks like we're lagging a little bit here. We um, tell us a little bit more about uh, Stanford Children's Day, and I'll get this moved over locally so we don't have any of those issues. Okay. Yeah. So Stanford Children's Day, um, like I said, 22 years. We're going into the 23rd year, mm -hmm. and this is really connecting the community um, and especially children to services here in Bowling Green, Warren County, and really the Brad region. Mm -hmm. So this past year, we had over 60 vendors come out, set up fun activities for the children and yet they could also learn about that organization and what they provide to the community. I remember being covered in hair chalk. We had hair yes. chalk. <laughs> <laughs> you all did that one this year and so um, so yeah it's things like that. Um, I mean we had these big teeth where children can learn about brushing their teeth and taking care of that and then they were able to leave with packets of toothpaste, toothbrushes and so just really hands-on um, learning for children and we ended up having over 1200 um, people attend the event this year so gotcha well now I think I got a fix so we can see those 1200 people um, and we'll kind of share with everybody what what that event looked like so everybody stand by and we will take a look
There we are. <laughs> Such a great day. It, it really rained, was. which I felt bad for, and I kept apologizing to everyone. But why were you? Why, why were you? I don't know. It's like I could rain. control the weather. I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but everyone had such a great time. You saw the smiles on everyone's faces, and that was the way across the board that day. Um, people had had so much fun, which it had rained so much in June leading up to that. Some of the camps that come. Um, come as far as away as um, Morgantown. And so she was like, the community education director over there who brought her camp over for the event was like, this is the first time we've actually been able to get out. So thank you for still having the event today. So um, it brings the community together in such a fun way. Um, you saw the laughter of the vendors. We have so many people that volunteer. And then, of course, our big sponsors with Kiwanis Club always um, being a title sponsor, American Bank and Trust. And this year, we also had WellCare Healthcare Plans. And so to be able to have those three, be able to offer backpacks to everyone who came in, but being able to provide a free and safe place for children to come out and have um, fun activities um, for a two-hour period and being able to connect them with services is what brings us back each year of being able to do this. Um, great event for the community and so um, so yeah we're going strong and going into year 23 this year so we're year 20 23 23 dang so that's crazy so June the 5th 16th I believe it is got to use the reference yes. sheet we got to make sure we're accurate <clears throat> we just had uh, finalized all of our dates for like Stanford children and blockbusters and so yes so um, Tuesday June the 16th um, from 9 to 11 we will be back out at the Bowling Green ballpark and the cool thing also about this event is is that it's totally free so you can come um, we will have water if it's a hot day like it has been a few years um, but one of the things you really didn't see us access this year was the outfield, which we always take over the entire outfield for free play, for vendors to set up obstacle courses and other things. And so as long as weather holds out and we're not raining, we will be out there again this year and being able to take over basically the entire ballpark. I think we're all hoping for a little less rain so, next summer. It was a very rainy summer this year. Yes, it was. And that day crazy. was especially. But people even still had fun even getting out and jumping in the puddles on the concrete and the kids, mm -hmm. of course, getting wet. So they, they enjoyed it. So it was still not the full day that we liked but i mean for the two hours everyone just had a ball so that was the great thing so that's awesome okay so i told you about a rapid fire 20 that's totally not rapid fire <laughs> that we're still coming up with a name for okay. um but like i told you before these uh we're going to go through a series of questions uh, they're going to be some of them rather deep that might take a little bit of thinking be a little more okay. conversational some of some of which are a little more this or that okay. sort of things um, so uh, we still need to come up with a better name for it because it's not really a rapid fire 20 like true you know true 20 truth mm -hmm. 20 something I don't know it's literally written down on my reference board as rapid fire 20 and it never it ends up being just as long as the rest of the rest of the uh, show so without further ado okay here we go and I think we're gonna have to start mixing them up too because now we've done this rapid fire 20 and this is just a random spur of the moment thought but now that we've done this enough when i start asking more people to come on the show they may watch previous ones and take note of what these questions are um because they've been the same every time okay so for those of you out there you may be able to study uh if you're going to consider being on the show or like to be on the show uh early next year you may be able to study some of those things but i also may switch the questions up on you so please study and let me know when you study so that i can switch them up on you and here we go 
what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think the biggest thing that I've seen and seen here lately is that I think it, I don't even remember the president that said it, but um, that if you're not, that if you're okay not getting the reward, the, there's more that you can accomplish. So if it's not just about you and you getting the recognition for it, that you're able to accomplish even more if you're willing to let, just to be able to work together and let everyone get the reward. And so that's really been it. It's not just, like I said, it's not just about me. It's not just about community ed, but how can we partner together so that we are providing the best programs for the community? That's and great. if you do that, the community wins. And so that's, um, so not only is it community education related, but it's also me as well, just how I want to live my life. It's not about me getting reward or recognition. It's about us as a community. How can we all stand together and grow together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being, being willing to give something your all and put something in regardless of the outcome mm -hmm. sort of mentality. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's a great piece of advice. Do you have any pets? No. No pets? No pets. Do you want any pets? I would eventually. Um, I rent, so um, I don't want to do that right now. And plus, I can barely <laughs> take care of myself. So having a pet that relies on me to take care of it, probably not the best plan. But yes, I do love dogs and wouldn't mind at some point having a dog. I'm in the same boat. I can barely take care of myself. <laughs> but I want, I want a pet. Um, what is your favorite movie ever? That one's hard. At least one of one of your top one of your top few. Well, I'll at least we're, put it out there that my favorite. Well, favorite Christmas movie is since we're about to Christmas, um, eight we're days about away. To Christmas. Um, <laughs> White Christmas is my favorite Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. um, so I love Ben Crosby and Danny Kaye and all of them and the dancing and the singing. So that's probably my favorite Christmas movie. Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot because I don't have just like one genre of movie, like comedy or anything like drama or anything. But Star Wars, I love for obvious reasons. Harry Potter, I grow, grew up with. So there's a bunch, in, unfortunately, in my realm that could actually be favorite movie. But none that sticks out is just the best one out of all of them. Gotcha. I mean, I've seen about everything. That's fair. But. Hmm. How would you describe yourself as a teenager in three words? Ban awkward bang geek. There we go. Same. So <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good way to grow up. I found that um, being part of band, and I was part of a more competitive uh, marching mm -hmm. band, but yeah, it was instilled too. in me a sense of time management that I don't mm -hmm. know where else I could get that from. Like it's, I think it's just a band kid thing, like being able to really prioritize mm -hmm. um, tasks and being able to kind of put things in place because in high school I was doing like multiple AP classes mm -hmm. I was on the drum line yep. like we practiced three or four nights a week like so you really had to be intentional with your time what what have you taken from and this is not on the thing but what have you taken from being being a band kid into your adult life I think the thing for me is that um well, you can do more than one thing at a time because you've got to be able to march, you got to be able to play, and then you got to be able to not hit the people around you whenever you're marching. Um, so all of those things are very important because you get points off if you hit people, so it's not like other sports. <laughs> um, but I played a tuba as well. So, um, 
Ah, so you had a, that was my... a lot of navigation there. Yes. And mm-hmm. wind was not our friend uh, when it came <laughs> to marching on a field. Um, but yeah, it seemed like you just being able to work with a team. Um, and it was, I mean, like ours at one point, we had 150 members, so it couldn't be about just one person. Um, our motto at that in at Russell County with our Mighty Laker marching band was one band, one goal, excellence. And if you can get the entire band together to have one goal of excellence, you could achieve whatever you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where it still stems for me and what I do today. So yeah, and I have I have nothing. You know, I'm I'm a fan of a lot of different sports, mm-hmm. um, and I have nothing Absolutely. wrong with that. But you know, unifying a team of you know, depending on the size of your band, but, de, de, you know, unifying a team, you know, on the court of five people or on the field of 11 people, or mm-hmm. like keeping that in sync is one thing, but keeping a hundred plus people or, you know, anywhere from 80 to, I think our band was around like 135 people. So now you're page. making me want to ask yeah. what high school did you grow up? I went to Ryle High School. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Shout out to Union. Any uh, any people out there, Northern Kentucky, Greater Cincinnati area, watching? But yeah, it was it was a fantastic experience. Back to the game. Yep. Um, what's in your pockets right now? Keys, a pocket knife, and my wallet. Nice. You're prepared. Um, Try to be. What's your biggest pet peeve? The one thing that I've really had to work on is patience. So, uh, so I'm not very patient when it comes to like time, especially if I'm running behind. It seems like if I'm ever running behind, it's like I get behind every slow person. So I don't know if this is really a pet peeve or just my disgruntledness. Um, I'm not sure if yeah, I've, I've thought about that too. Is like, is it just because I'm running behind that everybody's slow, or yeah. is everybody always this pace and I'm just mentally I've, I've shifted my expectations so apparently god in the world has been working on me with my patience especially <laughs> driving because it seems like i can get behind every slow person or if i go to a store the line will be moving and will be fast but the moment i get in there with my cart to check out it'll become the slowest line possible mm-hmm and it's like, I don't understand. Doesn't it feel like a blessing when you go into like a restaurant or whatever and you get through, like, I don't know, you get everything you need. You get in and out quick. Like you have one of those experiences mm-hmm. and then you look behind you and there's a massive line. You're just like, I just made it. Like <laughs> that becomes such a rewarding experience. It does. It's like you walk out and it's like, oh, you, you can rejoice a little. <laughs> Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Oh, totally. 100% milk. Yeah. I just... I can do a little dark chocolate, but not not like people at my office who love dark chocolate more than milk. So see, I'm a I'm a black coffee drinker, but yes. I'm not a big dark chocolate person. And usually, you kind of see some like that raw flavor, that affiliation there, kind of that bitterness it. and all of that. Right, but I'm not a dark chocolate mm-hmm. person at all. No, I prefer milk. Mm-hmm. If you could be from any other decade or era, what would it be? See, I don't know if I'd want to change. Okay, that's fine. Kind of like growing up as an 80s kid. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you had it good. So it was, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to go later, like into the 70s and 60s, but I definitely don't want to move forward to like today or anything. So yeah, I think 80s was just fine. Everything was, 
pretty much um, by then was settled and seemed like a great time. So, good deal. I would stay where I was. Nice. If you weren't in the industry you're in right now, what would you be doing? I think I already know the answer to this question. I think you already mentioned this in kind of your your pathway. Maybe not. Is there is there an alternative one? Well, my undergraduate. I, well, see, I don't know about that because while my under my undergraduate degree was in accounting, there would be no way I could survive in that field today um, to do that. So, um, weirdly, I think um, being like a mortician, really, or even like a um, coroner. Being able to examine bodies and stuff and figure out what, what happened and all of that, I think I would mm-hmm. enjoy that quite a bit. I can see you kind of being like the like Jack Black in the movie Bernie, almost mm-hmm. minus minus the whole like old lady love part, <laughs> but the 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 demeanor he has yeah. and the joy he has in his job and, and that. I think level of like of NCIS and like Ducky and all of that. That comes to mind as well. Hmm. So. Gotcha. Are you? Do you just have like a? I don't know. Do you, There's kind of a what, weird is, what is it about? I don't know. The, being a coroner, being a mortician, that calls to you, especially the coroner part. I think it's the forensic forensic ability, and then being able to problem solve and figure out what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. So I like that piece of it. Uh, I definitely see that as interesting. Most definitely. It's a little different than working with people in the community, but. You're still working with people in the community. It's just, it's just on a very different, a little, a little later, <laughs> a, little, a little too late, a little uh, later. Yeah, I know. So, um, let's see. Um, what are you listening to right now, as far as uh, music goes? Do you have a top Spotify playlist, or what are you into? Really, what my if it's in my vehicle, my radio stays on Way FM. And that's usually about what I listen to. So typically we worship Christian music. And mm-hmm. then and especially right now, since we're eight days from Christmas, it's all Christmas music. All Christmas, all bang. So, so that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. I still like the Christmas music and the tune. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's um, I don't know, this time of year it's important to get your BGB on. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what BGB is? You've got Bing, Groban, and Buble, and those are the three. <laughs> those are the three that, that are fits. usually demanded. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Add a D, and then you get Dean Martin in there occasionally, okay. and so. Yeah, but yeah. If you ask my grandparents, you're going to add like Johnny Mathis in there. There's, yeah. I think every every artist from like if you're thinking like Dean Martin, um, Bing, Johnny Mathis, like every single one of them has more than one Christmas album. Absolutely. And I'm not sure how many artists release Christmas albums as much these days compared to back in the day. Well, you do get a few and then especially like this year, I think for King and Country, their um, little drummer boy, Mm -hmm. um, they were on the CMA Christmas this year. And so you get them who, you know, they put out that song a few years ago, but then it's now, you know, rising up country charts and everything. So hmm. that's really interesting to see that like that's that's happening mm-hmm. with that. Hmm. And then, of course, what is the news today? Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is the now number one song. Really? And it's the first time it's ever hit number one, even when it was released. Really? So, mm-hmm. uh, hmm. I'm not really because of all the downloads and more everything. Details. So, hmm. 
If you could have any three people, dead or alive, over for dinner, who would they be? So I guess with my country roots, I'd want to definitely have Dolly Parton. Just to be able to learn from her and her experience, because from rags to riches and just everything <clears throat> she's been able to do, that would be one person to really want to spend more time in to really get to know um um, I do more historical, but like Lincoln would be interesting to talk about and um, kind of the whole slavery and all of that. Um, then the third one could be anybody. I guess for from my church and all of that, it would be John Wesley. Nice. He was kind of the father of the Methodism here in the United States. So to be able to talk to him, because he has a unique history as well, I mean, especially growing up and <clears throat> him and the Anglican Church not really agreeing over his history as well. And mm -hmm. um, just with the whole England, United States, and how that all came to be. And so it'd be interesting to be able to sit down with him as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a group that would vibe pretty well, actually. Usually, Definitely usually they ask these questions. I don't know. It's just like the, a mix of just like the Dolly Parton could be the wild card in that whole mix. You never know. It'd you be never fun. know. Hmm. Okay. Next one. This is a deep question. If your house was on fire, what two things would you run back in to get? Pictures, especially because you know, growing up in the eighties, you didn't have everything on your computer and all of that, or in the cloud and all that. So being able to grab hold of that history of family and all of that um, mm -hmm. definitely something I'd want to have um, that takes up most of it um, I mean you get one more item I mean <laughs> I, I think a Bible that I got um, one time I would want to grab as well, make sure I had. Mm -hmm. Just because of the reason it was given and all of that and from home. So That's awesome. Name a book that you've read that's positively shaped you. That's positively shaped me. Well, of course. I mean, I probably just mentioned it, but the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, I feel like I asked some questions that you just answered in the preview. It's fun. Um, but yes, that's definitely something that has had a huge impact. I mean, there's so many stories that we can live and learn from and um, very different time, of course, but one that still speaks to me today and really helps guide my life and what I do. So That's great. Who would play you in the movie of your life? Who would you want? Who would you want to play you in the movie of your life? Well, yeah, you'd want like George Clooney and people like that. I mean, they make you look better, but I don't know. I'd get like the Josh Gad or something, and well, you're both named because, because you're both named Josh, right? <laughs> that would help a little, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna skip that on that one. A hard one. Are you iPhone or Android? Android all the way. Good. I'm I absolutely, a... on the last episode, 
just gave Liz absolute hellfire about having (laughs) an iPhone and not directly. She'd just be like, you know, everybody has difference of difference of opinion. I was just like, yeah, I can, I can, uh, always converse with people who are wrong. There's no, no, I just, I had an iPhone at one point, but, um, windows and Microsoft on other stuff. And so the two just don't play nicely together. So for me, it's just always been windows and, Microsoft and Android. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told her, and, and I tell people when they ask, like, why I'm do the Android thing, and I've got the Android tab, and then mm-hmm. um, like the phone. Um, it's mainly once I started building computers and getting into the idea of customization and having technology that you can really fit mm-hmm. to what you want to do. That Android became a lot more appealing. It's like Apple wants its own world, and so if you have one Apple product, it's like you've got to have every apple part from a product. sales perspective it's brilliant i get absolutely it, but i just I, I don't like that part of it so i choose not to so it's like they were never going to switch me over to other things so so i had it for a little while and then i went back to android and that's where i stay hmm. if you that's had a, if you had a spirit animal what would it be like what would what would your animal be I don't know. I always think of it like a dolphin or something for some reason. A dolphin? Yeah. Hmm. Just the regalness, but yet live in the water and grown up around like Cumberland, like we were always mm-hmm. in the water. There's, I think do- we there's, there's dolphins around I think there? We, well, there's not, but <laughs> of course not. But um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just something about them that I love. Mm-hmm. You get that. Any tattoos? No. Uh, best gift you've ever received? See, this is like picking out things from different people. And I guess one of the best ones that I got was my grandmother, um, one Christmas had, um, she had taken like my mom and my uncle and my aunt's baby clothes and made them a specific quilt for them but then like for us as children and grandchildren she took all of those pieces she had left over and made a quilt for all of us so i think something um like that really has meant the most to me and because she took time it was from her own and so that was great to always be able to have of hers that's really really cool and something she made it's the sentimental items it's never like when i ask this question or just in talking with people in general the best things they ever receive and keep this in mind if you're still looking for christmas presents like i am um <laughs> it seems like the the more well thought out sentimental things are better than an expensive item which i think so because it just means it just means a little bit more you put i mean like that she put sweat and tears into and then for her i mean that was saving things from like 50, 60 years ago mm-hmm I mean, so it may, it may take to, more time to put those things together, but it'll absolutely. make it'll make the person happy. It'll make you happy. It'll make your wallet happy. Like, there's a lot of reasons to go handmade, sentimental. And I think at the end, it just means more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go spend whatever and buy a new vehicle, but really, at the end of the day, what's going to mean the most to that person? Absolutely. And sometimes it's not the big ticket items. It's something small and. Something that I guess for us as givers feels insignificant almost, but there's just something more about that in the end Mm -hmm. for you and the person. Definitely. Last question. You've made it. If you had one superpower, 
What would it be? I don't know. I want something fun like flying or something. Being able to go where you want to and how fun would that be? Mm-hmm. If you just wanted to go see the Northern Lights one day, you could. and mm-hmm. You didn't have to, you know, yeah. spend thousands of dollars to try to get there and yeah it'd be a little cold though i mean i feel like if you could fly and you had the ability to fly like you know supersonic speed like that i don't know i guess superman is also like has some sort of heat thing going on because if you're like going maybe that, fast, that speed maybe that high up you could you could freeze you know probably yeah but i mean just all the cool things you could see and the places you could go and i think that would be fun to really see the world in a different way be awesome well this has been perspective yeah i mean i i I like the idea of flying i don't i don't really know like i need to i need to flip the script and have somebody ask. i know we need to ask you these questions yeah i know i mean i kind of answer some of them in in like you know in passing or Mm -hmm. by proxy but so what's the one book that really has made a difference for you for me Uh uh-huh um we'll put my counseling skills to work so I got referred, and I think it was, um, I think it was with Justin Reese uh, when I interviewed him on the show. But he talked about the book How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a Dale mm-hmm. Carnegie book. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the audio book. I do a lot of road time between here and Cincinnati and Nashville and all over the place. So mm-hmm. audio books are just make the most sense for me, and I, I listen to the whole thing. Like, and I drive up to Ohio and back. Like, wow. tour through the thing, and so mm-hmm. I, that's. Um, currently one of the more influential books for me Um, I think overall uh, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown is a really good book as far as um, as far as leadership goes Mm -hmm. I really um, I don't know I used to be so into reading fiction and now I'm Mm -hmm. more into like nonfiction practical tips things that you can take with you Mm -hmm. sort of books absolutely and so that's kind of kind of where I've been any other questions on the list that you want to flip the script on me so we'll give you some different ones. So your favorite color. Favorite color? I'm not sure if I have a favorite color. Orange. Go figure. <laughs> With every all of the orange stuff that we've got. <laughs> yeah, I do see it in your logo and all of that. So Yeah. But so, it stands out. I do like orange. Favorite food. Honestly, it's a very specific one too. I'm I'm really big on queso diablo chicken burrito from qdoba that's just my thing like i don't know i've always picked qdoba mm-hmm. over chipotle yeah um my buddy colton who i started making videos with back in high school is kind mm-hmm. of was the impetus for all of all this of stuff we yeah we used to um go to the qdoba like on the regular like he made like top three of like their customers like on a <laughs> regular basis as a high schooler too keeping in mind like most of your day is like taken up and we'll still like he wasn't like somebody was who worked still. near there and went there for lunch and got something different every day. He was um, still in the top three. We, we went that often. It was a little wild. So I'll give you one. I'll give you one more, and then we're gonna then we're gonna get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite soft drink. Favorite soft drink. Mm. <sighs> I try not to, but I definitely have have a favorite. I don't know. Dr. Pepper is always a good go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, mentioning Kudo, but they have like the Coke freestyle mm-hmm. machine. So if you add extra cherry vanilla to it, like cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper, I think would be my top. Cool. So just had to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But 
That's my drink. What about yours? Do you have a favorite? Uh, Dr. Pepper is nice. probably my favorite. It's a great go-to for everybody. I'd... 23 flavors. You can't. Uh, there's a flavor for everyone. I really <laughs> try to go for the water thing and try to do more of that, but if I'm having one, it's usually Dr. Pepper. Nice. So... All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate everybody for tuning in for another episode of Tuesdays at 2. Uh, we're not going to be back next week because it will be Christmas Eve. And the following week, it will be New Year's Eve. So we will be joining you all in the new year. So congratulations, Josh. You're actually the last episode of the year. Wow. So thanks again for being here. Thanks, Thank everyone. Thank you all for tuning in for Tuesdays at 2. And we'll see you all next time next year. Oh no, this is the end of the episode where we just get the musical break. Too bad, just wanted to let you know, the newest episode of The Scratch is coming out on January 14th, and it will be available on Spotify and also streamed directly, audio only, live on Facebook. Hope you all enjoy, and we can't wait to share it with you. Happy 2020.